For showing love, for tuning into the big broadcast. That was Olorum, Olorum by Ashake. And, you know, he's speaking Yoruba throughout the entire track. It lightly translates to, uh, thank you, God. I praise you, God. You know, and he basically repeats that phrase in Yoruba multiple, multiple times. You know what I mean? And in general, we have to understand. You know, no matter if you're religious or not, whatever you believe in God, Allah, Buddha, the universe, whatever being that you believe in, you have to be thankful. You have to be thankful to it, to them, to whatever you believe in that's a higher being than you. And that's what that song is about, man. By the way, Ashake is one of my favorite, you know, artists, especially this year, man. His music is crack cocaine. It is what it is. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, man. I believe this episode 57 of the big broadcast, like I always say, if you want to get early access, you can always get that on Patreon. The link should be inside the description. And let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's been happening current events, and something I really wanted to cover was this Donald Trump mugshot, right? So the rumors allegedly is that this mugshot, you know, in terms of sales of t-shirts and merchandise from the Trump campaign has reached seven, close to eight million dollars in sales. Now look, this mugshot came about a week and a half ago with Trump's fourth indictment, a RICO case. Uh, racketeering in involving a criminal organization. 
continue criminal organization, the RICO, from Georgia. This RICO was sent set up or sent by Fannie Willis, who is the district attorney in the state of Georgia. Um, and it just alleged, not even alleges, it says that Donald Trump conspired with people to essentially uh, get rid of a ton of votes in the state of Georgia that would have basically given the election to Joe Biden. Right? So though Georgia was super critical as to uh, Biden, Joe Biden getting elected to the United States. I think there was about four states that were getting ballots counted, and uh, Donald Trump had a call with uh, you know the governor of Georgia and tried to interfere in the, those votes getting cast, thus giving Joe Biden the presidency. Now, let me start off by saying this. I lean more conservative. And I think a lot of people who've been listening to this podcast know that. And, you know, let's just keep it real. That's just who I am. Uh, and that's on the political spectrum. You know what I mean? I would say more so socially liberal, actually very liberal socially. I don't care what you do. You know what I mean? I'm not out here against abortions. I'm not here against LGBT. I'm not here against anything that you do in your house with your family or your people. I'm more so of a living that live on that side, but when it comes to traditional values, when it comes to things like, you know, finances, I'm more conservative on that side. You know what I mean? Of course, uh, you know, there's hit and miss. Nobody's just a unilith or monolith type person, but I'm I'm very, you know, saying conservative on a lot of things. So, as y'all know, for me. I'm not necessarily a Trump supporter, but for me, I'm the type of dude who's like, yo, I understand and I lean more towards Trump than somebody like Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton. Matter of fact, in 2015 and 2016, I wrote multiple blog posts saying that Donald Trump was going to win the election way before he was even a nominee for the Republican Party. I knew it. I knew he was going to win. I knew he was going to win. Did I predict that he was going to win in 2020? No, I thought he was going to lose. And for me, my prediction for 2024, I think he's going to win. But he's going to win in a super controversial fashion. I think he'll be in a jail cell when he wins. <laughs> Which is the crazy thing about U.S. politics is that a convicted felon cannot run for president. right? But somebody who gets in prison during their candidacy Meaning, out of these four indictments, if they catch Trump with one, he could literally be in a jail cell celebrating winning the presidency, which I think is going to happen. Which I think is going to happen because what they're doing to Donald Trump is something that happens in third world countries, in countries like where I'm from, Omrandis, right? So our president is is low-key a dictator, and most presidents, political opponents he has usually end up missing or they end up in jail for whatever reason. That actually happens a lot. If you know anything about the history of Africa, (laughs) that happens to a lot of political enemies to a dictator. That's why in Africa you have a lot of presidents who've been in power for 20, 30 years. 
recently, if you've been following the news, the president of Gabon, which is West Africa. Gabon is a small country in West Africa. Used to be a French colony. He just got ousted by the military. Guess how long this dude was in power? 30 years. 30 years. So what happens in most countries is that the president or the dictator is chosen by the military and is usually the general of the military. So the man who has military power or is strong enough militia takes over the country. That's just how it goes. It's basically big bank take little bank, and in this situation, it's big gun take little gun. <laughs> that's just that's just what it is. It's big gun take little gun, and you know, as the United States slowly deteriorates and gets worse as a nation. These things of the past, right, such as things that, that I, I, you know, this is something in political um, science called noble lives, right, that a country or, you know, a group tells themselves to proceed. Uh, let me let me run back. Noble lives are things that a nation or a group says about themselves to seem noble, but it's really a lie. So an example of a noble lie is saying that Canada is extremely multicultural and tolerant. Now, yes, that is a noble thing to be, being tolerant, being multicultural, but in practice, it's a lie, because while Canada is extremely multicultural, it's not very tolerant to the fact that you'll see a lot of immigrants who struggle in this country, right? And you would think that they'd be accepted and tolerated, but not really. You know, you see an immigrant with an accent, all of a sudden they're getting treated terribly. They're not being advanced in jobs. They're not being placed in, you know, good social settings. So it's a noble lie in the country says. In the case of the United States, democracy is a noble lie that they have. Liberty is a normal lie. Fair elections. And fair governance is a noble lie. Why do I say that? You have a government, right, whether that's Republican or Democrat, that is really controlled more so like an oligarchy rather than a real democracy. So let me give you an example of what I'm saying. Within the federal government, there's people who have power and influence who really get it done that aren't necessarily fully chosen by the people to normally represent them. So let me let me get back to let me give you an easy example of this, right? A few days ago, the Senate majority leader, Mitch McConnell, right? He's 80 years old. Okay. He's been in the Senate for 40 plus years. He's a senator from Kentucky. And at a press conference, he was asked if he would run again for re-election in 2024 because every two years in the united states they get to elect their senators senators are a higher level than members of parliament or as they say house of representatives representatives in the united states it's the higher chamber of the legislative branch okay so at that level right mitch mcconnell wields a lot of power 
but this nigga is 80 years old. So in the middle of a press conference deciding or replying if he would be elected again or he would run again for re-election when dude was going to be 81 years old, he literally froze up. Meaning he didn't talk for almost 70 seconds. Now, this wouldn't be a super big problem if he hadn't had the same type of reaction two months ago. This wouldn't be a problem if he wasn't 80 damn years old. And look, it happens also on the Democrat side. There's a uh, representative from California. Her name is Diane Feinstein. She's 85 years old. Now, you would say, okay, maybe she should let go of her seat. No, she does not want to relinquish her power and her influence. She's part of a committee called the, um, I believe the committee is called the Joint Something Committee, a really important committee within the government. Instead of actually doing something honorable, like, you know what I'm saying, resigning or retiring, this woman has had multiple strokes, is wheelchair-bound, and barely talk, has problems concentrating on her work. And why is she still in that position? Because she's needed to be in that joint committee in order to influence what the mandate of the Democrats have. Why is Mitch McConnell still in his position? Because he has a lot of power and influence and doesn't want to let that go. See, if you're living in an actual democratic republic, a place where, you know what I'm saying, there's proper representation, you wouldn't have 80-year-olds representing and having seats of huge power and influence. And guess what? All these people are multi multi-millionaires, most of them. Why? Because they get paid a lot of money to be politicians. Why? Because they have a lot of lobbyists who are behind them, who encourage them through money, through bribery, to push certain agendas. <clears throat> That's just the facts. That's just the facts. Now, what does this have to do with Donald Trump? And what does this have to do with the indictment? Let me get back to it. Donald Trump being indicted by the way, that mugshot was kind of gangster. I liked it. I thought it was dope. <laughs> what it was, and what that, what that whole rant was about, was that the U.S. government, right, regardless of political party, does corrupt things. And the problem with Trump is he was dumb enough to get caught, but there's corruption on both sides of the aisle. And what the Democrats are trying to do, at least from my perception, is to get Donald Trump out of the paint because he's the leading candidate for the Republican side. It's getting rid of the ops before the ops has a chance to catch you slipping. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Now, as a strategy, I think it's not going to work. But it's kind of funny how... You know, America presents itself as this honorable, fair, free system. You know, life, liberty, and freedom, all that BS, all them lies. When their main political process is looking more like South Sudan <laughs> than anything advanced. Getting rid of your political enemies before they even compete against you is disgusting. 
it goes against the whole idea of dem democracy and freedom. This reminds me of Museveni versus Bobby Wine in Uganda, right? Bobby Wine was the leading op for Museveni. Museveni has been the dictator of Uganda for 35 years. There was an election two years ago, right? Right when the election was about to happen, Bobby Wine got arrested and ambushed in his own mansion. You would expect this from a place like Uganda, not something like the United States, right? It is what it is. Personally, this is a witch hunt, right? A lot of individuals want Trump out of the paint. Now, am I saying that Trump is some great figure? Am I saying that he is not corrupt? No. I think he's the baseline of most politicians, and I believe that at least from what I've seen, a lot of politicians sell wolf tickets, things that they can't cash, right? And what what Trump represents is a populist type of movement, right? Even though he's a multi-billionaire, <laughs> he presents himself as a common man, as the underdog. Same thing as if you look back in the history of you know politics in the United States, George W. Bush presented himself as a common man when he was literally the son of a U.S. president and a multimillionaire from a family of power and influence, right? So ultimately, what do I think is going to happen with these indictments? I think one of them is going to get him. I think he's going to be in jail, and I believe that he's going to be elected 47th, I believe, president of the United States. But that witch hunt is not going to end, right? Because it's not really about any liberty, any good looking out for the people. It's about power and influence. And the thing is about power, right? People don't give up power. People have to be stripped of power. That's usually how humans go. That's an algorithm of humanity, bro. Ain't nobody going to back down from being the most powerful man on earth. Look at Vladimir Putin. Yeah, I mean, he ain't going to just volunteer up the money or the strength or the... No, man. That's not the algorithm of humans, bro. That's not how it goes. So those are my predictions in these things, you know? But you know what? Let me know what y'all think. You know, what do y'all think? Do you think that, you know, he's going to get elected, he's going to be in jail, it's going to be Biden again? Because, look, us as Canadians, that does affect us, though. Right? Because the relations, you know, the U.S. is our primary trading partner. They're across our border, everything like that. And relations definitely matter, man. You know, let me know. Let me know what y'all think, man. Am I bugging? Am I right? Am I wrong? I'll let me. You know what I mean? Something interesting I wanted to really talk about now, man, is the state of hip-hop music in terms of popularity and things like that. I had a really long topic about hip-hop last podcast. I just want to kind of expand on it on a part two type thing. Specifically because of, you know, Burner Boy's recent album, I told them. Uh, I really like this album, man. I really, really like this album. I think that, you know, the expansion of Afrobeats, or as Burner likes to call it, Afrofusion, you know, has been huge. And 
one of the people who's really in that industry, the hip hop industry, is uh, Ebro Durden, who is the, I believe, the radio director or music director at uh, Hot 97, which is one of the most uh, powerful hip hop radio stations based in New York, one of the first hip hop stations, radio stations. He talked about how executives, right, are looking more and are investing more in Afrobeat artists rather than hip hop artists, right? Meaning that they'd rather sign a, you know, rapper slash singer slash, you know what I mean, anything from, you know, South Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, even Kenya, even, even something like this than, you know, a rapper from Memphis or a rapper from um, from Atlanta. Does this surprise me? Absolutely not. Because the quality, like I said in the last podcast of hip-hop, has dwindled, bro. It's gotten worse. Now, who do I blame for this? Who is to blame? I don't think it's the consumer. I don't think it's us. I don't think it's you and me. I think it's the managers. I think it's slightly the artists, too, in a sense. Maybe even the producers. See, a lot of managers are comfortable letting their artists release mid, right? And the culture now, because production has gotten so high, artists would rather release constant levels of mid to trash in order to get a quick buck. So that's where we're, we're dealing with artists who don't really care about the craft no more. They're thinking about the bag first. And I think this turn happened when Cardi B became popular. I'll tell you why. Cardi B became popular, really, right, because of love and hip-hop and Instagram. Right? Cardi B was an IG comedian, right? She would make a lot of funny things on Instagram and a lot of people will laugh, right? And then eventually she started releasing music. Now, obviously, her music was written by other people, ghostwriters. She was not genuinely sitting down and writing her bars out, right? And then she eventually, I think it was like an Instagram Live, she just said the truth. She's in the game for money. She said that on Instagram Live. You know how she is. She'd be getting lit. She'd be just talking the truth. That's part of her appeal. Right. Once she said that, you can you can't really look back on that because you think like, okay, it's really a finesse. It's really a hustle. Is that bad? I personally think it's bad because years ago you had rappers who actually cared about rap. You had managers and producers who would not let bullshit come out. That's why we had classic albums back in the day. Pre-2010, there was a lot of classic albums in hip-hop. The Carter Three, Get Rich or Die Time, uh, you know, Late Registration. You know what I mean? You had a ton, Reasonable Doubt, The Blueprint, 1, 2, and 3, all of them. You had a ton of class state property. You know what I mean? You had classics upon classics, right? Because there was an effort to make sure that Med wasn't released. Well, an album front to back actually matter. You know what I mean? So with the you know availability of the internet, with producers getting so good, 
the beats are running these rappers' lives. The singles are running these rappers' lives. You'll see a dude like NBA Youngboy release like seven albums in a year. You'd be like, what? I done heard the same song 17 times. I'm not even an NBA Youngboy fan. See, I'm a fan of Young Thug, though. But Young Thug went through a phase where he'd release a whole lot of mixtapes and a whole lot of them were mixed. See, individuals are not like Future, where Future will release, you know, hit after hit after hit. But when you see Future do some waiting and some practically being strategic with his music, right? Like when he released I Never Liked You last year, absolute fire. Absolute fire. Because guess what he did? He took his time and he actually used something that a lot of rappers don't use, which is effort. Right? Real effort. Real passion. That's why he released fire tracks. And I think that's what a lot of the music is lacking. It's lacking that effort. It's lacking that quality control. It's lacking that ambition. It's lacking that passion. You know, back in the day, you couldn't just get in the hip-hop industry if you didn't rap. If you didn't have real lyricism. I think that's why you have a generation right now where a lot of TikTok rappers are releasing a whole lot of mid, a whole lot of trash. They're just riding on one single. You look at an artist like Koi LeRae, right? Koi LeRae released her album, I believe, about two months ago, right? It sold like 10 copies, 10,000 copies in the first week. Absolute trash, right? You have a lot of artists who are supposedly hype, and they're releasing albums that are mid to trash. Don't get sales. Why? No real passion about it. No real sauce, no real motion. And that issue expands over time. And, you know, the audience, us the listening customers, we get disappointed, like, why we listen to BS? I'm going to something new. Let me listen to this Afro beat. Let me listen to EDM, when you listen to country music, and it's ruining the quality of music, and these executives see it, and they're like, okay, why should we invest in this, and we can make more money with that? I believe that's what's happening, but you know, that was just my music minute about it, man. Something that I wanted to talk about before that I didn't uh, on my last podcast is OC Transformer. In this city, we have a huge issue with a stupid dumb train system, the old train. You know what I mean? And within the month of August, we went almost three weeks. My bad. <laughs> almost four weeks of no train service, right? And you would think that a project that cost billions and billions of dollars that took that was delayed multiple times to even start. Let's say, how, how, how long was it delayed? It was supposed to be here in 2018, on track 2018. It didn't even open its doors until late 2019. And since then has had multiple closures, stoppages, routine fixes that, bro, I can't even name them, right? And you would think a G7 country like ours, right? Canada, G7, one of the seven big nations inside the United Nations. The capital, you would think the capital would have a proper trade system. Hell no. 
public transportation in this city is absolute garbage, dog. Garbage. And no matter what, the fare keeps on raising. Like, how much cost even use it keeps on rising. It's like paying for garbage and then expect. It's like, it's like, bro, what? It's like going to the strip club and all you see there is a bunch of ugly ass hoes. Like, come on, man. I didn't want to purchase this. I didn't come out for this. Man, but that's that's just how it is, man. That's just how it is. And people are not pissed off enough. People ain't frustrated enough for any change to happen, bro. For me, I look at it like this, right? Our system is messed up because of bad leadership. Ultimately, every single problem you know always comes back to bad leadership. If teammate doing good in the sport, it's usually bad leadership. Your work environment's toxic, it's usually the leadership. Your relationship going bad, it's usually the leader in the relationship who ain't leading, right? Your church doing bad, it's usually the pastor. It is what it is. These people who are in charge of OT Transport and the O-Train have been an absolute disaster, bro. And we keep on letting them stay in power. Where's the accountability at? Who's getting fired, bro? This idiot, Jim Watson, came in and looked like a whole sperm, looked like a whole dolphin. <coughs> like, bro, you know? Instead of fulfilling his mandate and actually getting things rolling, he just keeps on messing up and messing up. And then he decides to peace out. Hey, I'm not going to get elected no more. Lives in, in the hands of this random-ass new mayor we have in the city. I don't even know his name. Neither do I care. But people need to get fired for these things. Like, who is the head of this project, man? Get fired, bro. Get demoted at the very least. You know what I mean? We have to start slapping ass. We need to start putting Delta ass on these niggas, man. Like, what's happening in this city? Look, I personally think there should be one free month of an old train and OC transfer ridership. You know what I mean? Because you have to apologize to the people. You have to make amends to the people, man. You know, there's real taxpayers out here who are really trying to pay taxes and try to do the right thing. You know what I mean? As citizens trying to move around out here. And all we get is garbage. It's disgusting. It's gross. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. You know, I personally say the right to our local counselors. Get involved. Go out there and speak out. You know, go to City Hall. Let them know how you feel, dog. You know what I mean? Because no change happens unless you become the change, unless you are what you want to see. This won't be a long part. You know, I'm just going to end it like this, man. Be the change you want to see. Be the difference. Be an individual who's really willing to go out there and do the work. I didn't even want to do this podcast, but I'm giving y'all about 30 minutes of my time. The solo pod, man, I'm here to bless y'all. I'm here to, you know, uplift y'all. Be willing to be the change you want to see, man. You know what I mean? Always praise God for everything. And, you know, we're going to close it out like this, bro. Appreciate y'all for checking out the big broadcast. Your boy, Big Stuff, bro. Big baby J. And I'm out, bro.